Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, a podcast that explores the tarot through an inclusive, soul-centered, trauma-informed perspective for growth, healing, and evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Hello, loves, and welcome back to Tarot for the Wild Soul podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Mack, and could not be more honored and more grateful to not just be gathered with all of you, but to be gathered with all of you to celebrate and honor and get a sense of the invitations of the month ahead, November 2023, and to kind of move through the medicine of the Samhain Halloween Day of the Dead portal with all of you. Um, No matter what you're celebrating today or around this time on the spiral of the year, if you are just loving and bowing to you and <laughs> really grateful to be gathered with all of you. November is um a really really tricky month. It's really soft and also really sharp. It's really complex and also like very simple and very cl- maybe not simple but very blunt and clear. Um, it's calling us in, but there's also quite a bit of external stuff related to the month. It, it, it is, um, kind of all the things, um, and like none of the things, (laughs) um, and it feels like a very big month, but could also honestly be experienced as very subtle, um, the theme for the month of October or the month of November rather is grief. Um, and I'll talk about that in a moment, but wanted to talk about kind of where we are energetically. So where we are energetically is kind of a giant cluster fuck a little bit. Um, and will be for the next month or two until we pivot into 2024. So not we're coming off of some pretty extreme eclipse energy, major, um, obviously collectively, planetarily, enormous things are arising right now. Um, environmentally, enormous things have been arising right now. Um, I know personally, I'm going through things right now that I've literally never gone through in my life. like, um, amazing things and also very challenging things. And I'm going about it kind of alone, which is like, I'm very lucky to have my partner, but I'm not really working with any teachers or mentors right now, which is very uncommon for me. Um, but it kind of is the way it is like no problem, no big deal. Just one of those chapters of life where I think I'm really being invited to kind of trust myself, you know, um, and I'm, I am positive that I will be back in, in, uh, some, some supportive circles soon. It's just a weird timing where a lot of the folks I work with are either unavailable or we're not just, we, we completed our work together. So, uh, yeah, very strange, <laughs> you know, um, and that's again, me personally, but I know a lot of people feel similarly like that. It's just a very odd, stretchy time with not a whole lot of answers, context, 
or clarity across the board. Um, and I'm not saying like, oh, it's because of this. Um, but one of the things that I think is contributing to the overall feeling of like just dense, super liminal, um, fogginess, um, is the fact that we're completing and wrapping up our work in this chariot year in 2023. So I've talked about this with y'all for many years now, because we've been doing this podcast for many years. So I've been talking about like end of the year, beginning of a new year for a long time now, but you've heard me say before that as we travel through the calendar year, the card of the year starts to around like kind of after the the midpoint of the year starts to dial things up a little bit um, intensity wise. Like we're kind of rising to the energy in the first half of the year and then we're falling into the energy, starting to go down the hill. Once we get to October and especially November and December, that intensity is dialed up to the point of like cacophonous. And one of the reasons that it is that way is because it is becomes even more and more important to do and process and complete the work that we're meant to do in the card of the year before it slips out in um, January and another card starts to um, basically bloom forward where we're more in a in a process and a in a cycle with that card. So what to know about that? 2023, as y'all know, have, has been a chariot year and chariot years are all about helping us to be birthed out of something we have outgrown. So it is a large process of, it's many different things. It's realizing something doesn't work and then usually denying it, trying to make it work, 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 work. Shifting out of that and into a place where we're like, oh, this really doesn't work. I've tried it 90 times. I have to let this go. And then we have to grapple with being basically feeling like we're hovering out in space because chariot years are about helping us to understand what we've outgrown. They are not about, and like acknowledging like, you know, you need a different vehicle basically for the, for the road to come, but we don't know anything about that road. We have no context for what we're going into. If we think about a baby reaching full term in the womb you know, or, a, a, you know, you use this metaphor all the time, but uh, a, like a little bird hatching out of an egg, they, all that is known is the safety and comfort and, and container of that. And so to get out of that, you know, is like extremely intense. It's extremely intense. And so we're in that phase right now where it's not like, oh, labor is starting. It's like we're crowning. We're getting squeezed out of this. The other thing that is so tricky and so honestly painful about chariot work is that it's not about the charioteer. It's about the chariot, right? It's connected to cancer. So we're in like cardinal water, wavy, liminal, like swirly vibes right now. Very watery. The other piece of it is, is that cancer energy really holds this uh, profoundness of being about both the flesh of the crab and the shell of the crab because, you know, cancer's connected to the crab. So there's so much tender flesh 
so much tender inner spaces and places within ourselves that we're touching into. And in this symbolic way, obviously this is not safe for a crab to do in actuality, but it's the crab shell that's shifting and changing that we're shedding to bring more of ourselves forward. So the chariot touches on these big themes of like, how are we seen? How do we like to be seen? What, what, what have, what's been like a very important part of like our identity, what makes us proud, like what looks really good to other people, but actually isn't really working. What do we have to, what are we grappling with right now? That's a big one for a lot of us and impregnated in all of this is the medicine and the agony and the ecstasy of grief. The chariot is the most present card, I believe, for the process of raising a child and for moving through your own growing up journey because the chariot comes with you more presently than anything else. You see it in in your child outgrowing their clothes or their shoes. You see it in them getting teeth and losing teeth. You see it in them... um, you know, dropping or releasing certain aspects of what were really important to them or being interested in something and then that having its own natural evolution and moving into something different. We outgrow everything. And what a privilege it is to get to witness your child in a perpetual outgrowing. And there's so much grief in it. There's so much gratitude and there's so much grief. And we as a culture are not comfortable with grief. We have been witnessing like what's happening in Gaza, in Israel, in the Congo. There has been nothing but grief on my heart and mind for the last several weeks. Like everybody I know, it's in the background of everything that they're thinking about and um, and considering, you know, how we can be of service and what way are we being called to, to help anybody from um, any of those diasporas right now. Um, and each of us will have different ways of approaching that. But really the, the question is, how do we respond to ourselves when we are not just in grief, moving through grief, which I believe we always are, Grief is always present. But when grief is at a really high pitch, when the loss and the devastation is immense, when we personally are moving through perhaps an acute grief, perhaps just a realization of things just being so big, Perhaps our, like I know there have been a couple of times, and again, this is not um uh it's 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 a privileged problem to have. It's it's in no way like a comparison to any like you know true issues <laughs> that anybody is having right now. But um I'm moving through a time when things are so unclear and so liminal, and when I'll hear things from my guides, and then like the next day, literally they change. Um, yesterday I cried so much just, um, out of frustration for how confused I feel, you know, um, it's just, 
extremely frustrating. Um, and I, I didn't do anything, but just like, let there be tears. Cause I was just like, yeah, there's, there's grief in this. There's grief in not knowing what to do. There's grief in worrying if I'm making the wrong choice. Am I not doing more? Am I, should I be doing less? And again, going through a period where I don't have many places to bounce that off of as I usually do. So, um, and again, I also really trust that, you know, because I, there's really no arguing it. So, um, I also think the fact of this part of the wheel of the year, like Samhain, Day of the Dead, Halloween, um, especially Samhain and the Day of the Dead, the heart of them is grief, you know? So how can we not run from that or hide from that? How do we come home to ourselves more, tend ourselves through grief, hold ourselves through this immense time of suspension, of liminality, of change, you know, for better or worse. It's a big time of change. Um, and it's going to feel pretty high intensity until we move into 2024. And it's not like 2024, all that's going to go away. But the energetics of it are going to drastically shift. We will not be in the same liminal, middling place of process. We will be in a place of profound action and movement and feel like the path forward is actually flowing, <laughs> like shit's happening. So um, yeah, really, how do we caretake ourselves on a bridge between two worlds? You know, and there's something that's, that's been coming up in, in my own thoughts that I do think is appropriate and relevant, both for setting the stage for the reading for this month ahead and thinking about Samhain and thinking about these um, hugely devastating times that we're living in. I think a lot of you know, and if you don't, you know, uh, I've been uh, in a death doula training. I think we're now on week eight. Um, and there's about four more weeks to go. And then I start some other supplemental trainings, but I'm loving it so much. I'm not totally sure what I'm <laughs> going to do with it right now, but I love it. And I'm interested in it. It's, it's completely fascinating. And, and, um, yeah, it's an incredible thing to get to do. Um, and, in one week where we were talking about the process of dying, what dying looks like, um, if we're talking months to weeks or weeks to days or days to hours, like what do we as doulas, what can we look for, hold a space of awareness around? Um, and our instructor, Alua Arthur, um, was talking to the special guest of the week, a palliative care doctor who was wonderful, works in, um, you know, that space. And she was asking him to identify in his experience, like, what does he see when somebody is like weeks to days or days to hours? And he said, for lack of a better way of putting it, like people tend to say that they see other people in the room or they're visited by other people. And there does seem to be a welcoming party for 
the people who are close to dying, that they do seem to move into this process with a lot of people around them. And I've since heard a number of other folks who um, are of service in this space or are of service to folks who are dying at our bedside or whatever it might be that we do not move into this, the veil. We don't go home to the veil alone. And so I think in the, that was incredibly moving for me to hear and also has been popping up into my head so much with regard to thinking about Samhain and um, my own relationship to this time. And the fact that because Samhain and Beltane share an axis, like uh, Beltane happens uh, in the Southern Hemisphere when we honor Samhain in the Northern and vice versa, that Beltane has to also be a thinning of the veil too which speaks to what I was talking about a a week or so ago in a a podcast episode I did about ancestors and the kind of ancestor work we really, I think, with great humility, at least in my experience, we really do. And some of it is going beyond and advancing and going further than our ancestors were able to do, working with them to meet those ends. Um, And that includes both reclaiming the idea of pleasure, like it's safe to receive pleasure when a lot of our ancestors did not feel that way. Um, or if we have ancestors who caused harm, how can we allow it? By the way, we all do. Um, but how can we allow our lives to be a living amends from that space? But knowing that we're never alone in it. That's been interesting to think about because, um, like I definitely have had feelings of like, I have no one to talk about this with other than my partner. And I'm so lucky to have my partner, but it's a different relationship, you know, um, than a space than a process space. So, um, yeah, that we're not alone. That seems to be at the heart of the reading for the month ahead. How do we reach for care and tending and support and bolstering as we navigate this month that isn't going to be full of grieving necessarily, but full of an examination of the grief that has is present and has been present, you know, for a long time and is especially present now. But just coming home to what is, coming home to that being a huge part of chariot work. There's grief in all of that. There's privilege in it. There's gratitude in it, there's joy in it, there's celebration, and there's grief. You know, and there's grief. Our card for the month ahead, two cards came forward, are Queen of Pentacles and King of Cups. So this is a time when a lot is being asked of us um, to not look away, to be of service, to give of our energetic capacity. There's a lot of personal work that we're being asked to do that's requiring a great deal of us. So King of Cups has to do with preserving, reserving, and being really clean, crisp, sure with our boundaries, energetically speaking. What do we have available to give? We cannot give more than what we are available to give, or we will wind up burning out and we will be not available to give anything. So there really is no shame with being able to say, okay, 
I'm going to pause here. <laughs> like I can give of this. I cannot give of this, right? This is what I can provide. This is what I cannot provide right now. Um, King of Cups is the kick. It is of service. That is the, the primary directive, intention, desire, focus of this archetype. They want to be of service. They want to help. They want to um, be present and hold space for anybody who it needs help, support, witnessing, validation, etc. And to do the giving of their of a cup from themselves. And King of Cups teaches us we have to take in a cup for every cup we give. I can tell you the pro, like the uh, what is the word that they're trying to say? The um premium on that is very high this month. We are going to get slammed is too hard, really politely and gently and respectfully bopped on the head <laughs> very clearly when we have breached that. And usually we're the ones breaching that. We're the ones going, I'm sure you can have another cup. There is a, there is a zero tolerance policy for that right now. So when we reach that line, we're going to be invited really clearly not to go over it. And if we do, we can always adjust. That is extremely important. We, that is a crucial part of our chariot work. We cannot overgive. We cannot betray ourselves, period. We can't. Otherwise, we, will be of, uh, we won't be good to anybody. You know, so the, it's very, very important to Pay close attention. This doesn't mean bypassing. It doesn't mean opting out. It's none of those things. It's about staying in our lane and being very clear about what is being what we are being invited to offer in a particular situation, what we require in order to continue to be of service in that way. I know for myself, I don't know if this is true for anybody else. I sometimes have a lot of ideas, Lindsay does, about what I should be doing in any given situation. <laughs> like with my kid, with my work, with, you know, whatever it is, with this podcast, with, you know, inside of like, whatever it is. And um, sometimes I am bopped on the head. It's like, no one ever asked you to do that. And now you're pissed because you gave of something that no one asked you to do and you're cranky. And like, nobody asked you to do it. It was that really in your highest and best. Did you remember to check in about it? No you know, or I had a sense and overrode it in some way. So that's all King of Cups work is refining what that looks like and just getting really explicit and loving and clear with ourselves. Like this is the line and I'm not going over it, period. Queen of Pentacles is also our card for the month ahead and just holds this incredibly beautiful, um, healing and helping and witnessing space with this energy. So King of Cups is here to help us to continue to show up and say yes to what we're being invited to do right now, whether that's, um, again, in a very large way being of service, or whether that's continuing to like take care of our kids and show up to our patients, like show up to our clients, like who, whatever you're doing, right? Whether it's in a large way or a very small and subtle way to yourself, to anybody that you're caretaking like it, it's all very personally felt and experienced. Like how's our care being managed in conjunction with the people that we serve? That's a, there's a lot of work, um, 
happening there. And it is again, connected to our work with the chariot because the chariot's here to identify what we've outgrown. So if there are any, I know this is coming up for me big time. If there are any areas where we've historically overgiven because we felt like we've had to or whatever it is, definitely not too shy to admit like that's totally a thing that I do. Um, and now it's a totally different ball game. I have a child. So it's like, I'm there for them first and foremost, and I have to be there for myself in order to be there for them. So, um, yeah, that's going to come up a lot for us. And if we get caught, you know, promising more than we're affordably able to give, we're going to be invited to make some adjustments to that. Now, queen of pentacles has to do with how are we being held? Like if King of Cups is about, you know, drinking in a cup for every cup that we offer, what fills the cup in the first place? That's Queen of Pentacles. So I know that not everybody, this is not about fanciness. And again, this is not about opting out or bypassing or anything like that. It's about honoring the fact that if we are conceivably able to, if it is accessible for us, Queen of Pentacles is about feeling as though we're held by something bigger and more benevolent and loving um, that can hold us, that can encompass us the way a, a, um, you know, a, a swan might envelop us in their wings and cuddle us close in a fantasy because I know a real swan would not do that. But that idea is what Queen of Pentacles is about. So floating on the ocean, floating in water, laying down on the earth, um, you know, feeling the wind all around us. Like those are all Queen of Pentacles experiences where it's like allowing the earth and allowing what's in and around us. And again, accessible means that we can like reach for even the chair we're sitting on or uh, wherever we happen to be, to be an extension of that idea of this earth holding us, um, a larger universal love or the, the thought and the memory of our beloved dead, our ancestors, our spirit helpers. Like we have a welcoming party with us at all times. Like we, we're not alone in this life. We're not alone here in these experiences, even though we can really feel like that. So those are the key pieces for November as we navigate huge grief, huge change, huge mobilization, huge invitations. Um, a lot of them might be happening way under the surface, doesn't make them any less large or small. Um, how do we hold ourselves as we show up to and say yes to what we're being asked to do? How do we manage our energetic boundaries and who holds us as we do it? Those can all be, um, those are all immensely important things as it pertains to grief too. If we're holding space for anybody through a process of grief or through challenges or through difficulty, we know how important it is to keep uh, our heart open, but keep a very strong back as Alua, my teacher would say, um, from going with grace, um, a very soft and open heart and a really strong back which is brilliant, you know, and I love, um, how do we hold that, keep our hearts soft, stay open, not look away, and also be really clear about 
what is helping us to be of service in the way that we're being called to. How can we work with the energy of these cards? Justice. Justice comes up when we must face something, regardless of whether or not we frankly want to. Um, Justice shows up when we will be confronted to examine um, our own personal dissonance around this should be happening, this shouldn't be happening, this should be here, this shouldn't be here. We can argue with it, and yet what is here is here. There's very little argument that can happen with it. The only thing justice says that really allows us to be an agent for true change and evolution is to face what is present, to look at what's here, to look at what's ready to be seen, to know that this is not the end of the major arcana. This is the be- this is the middle of the majors. Like we have a lot more work to do from here. Um, Justice in this case, some of those pieces are more uh, justice in an objective or sort of general way. We have to do this kind of personal care work as a means to take care of one another. Um, It's not an option. Like, it's not frivolous. It's not, um, we must, you know, because there's... Pluto's in uh, Pluto technically is in Aquarius like right now I think it's retrograde in Capricorn at this moment but Pluto will be in Aquarius largely for the next 30 plus years and there is no way that we're not going to be called to look at these themes over and over and over again we're pivoting way more uh, like very far away from sort of the Capricorn, Pluto in Capricorn model and moving way closer to a more um, humanitarian collective um, community care model across the board, which means that we need to think way more about the fact that we are in, are in these bodies and we're not machines and we're not robots and we're not meant to not have emotions. And, you know, we have to get clear about what our part of this work is. Um, I think it's also, you know, there's like a lot of stuff happening right now that is calling us to see things as they are and not look away from that. So I think too, in response to that, these cards are incredibly important and justice can really show us the way there. Um, what we're being invited to offer our attention to most, what we're really being invited to pay attention to this month, I got magician reversed. Um, so the specific piece that feels very important here has to do with some kind of way that we've attempted to make things happen or do things like some way that we've initiated or sparked something or got something going, like got a ball rolling in some way is not working anymore. And I think a lot of us are feeling that that certainly is present in the collective, like what used to work doesn't really, we don't quite know why for all of it. We might know some of it, you know, Um, we have some sense of why certain things have outgrown, but we don't know why to all of it. Um, in a in a in an energetic way for a lot of this we're outgrowing some very old very weather-worn long since dead ways of 
pushing and forcing things forward. And we, I think, really are being invited to look closely at how we've done that. Like, how have we pushed? How have we um, really, again, forced our way into certain projects? And like a lot of folks who are creative do that all the time without even realizing they're doing it. Rather than letting things flow and come as they are ready to and then responding to that. It's not passive. It's highly active. It's just shifting from one gear to another. So there's two places that we're really being invited to kind of put our attention on with the magician reversed this month. One is to not push or force if something's not ready. If something isn't happening, if it's not flowing, if you don't have the answer, you can't make yourself have an answer. Just ride the current. It's not forever. So that's number one. Number two, there are certain things that we are absolutely going to know this month. Like if you're in a place of like, oh, maybe I'll try this again. Maybe I'll go back to this. Maybe I'll see. Maybe I'll... we are absolutely going to know <laughs> this month for real. Like certain things like are just a no for me and that's the end, and it's over, and now I will never go back to this because I'm absolutely clear and sure. And some things may be sort of on their way out, and we may not have a whole lot of clarity, but the key like in thinking about what to put our attention on in such a weirdly liminal energy here um, is paying attention to what's here rather than what we think we should be kind of figuring out. Um, there's a lot, I know for me personally, I don't know if this is a collective thing, but there is a, there are quite a bit of very surprising things blooming in my garden that I don't really remember. Like I, some of them like are intentions I planted literally like eight, seven, eight years ago that are happening now that seem to be just kind of humming along and flowing. And it's like, oh, okay. You know, how interesting that are totally different than what I have on my mind. And so there's been a lot of practice lately of like, okay, if that's what's supposed to be happening, regardless of whether or not I think like what, what's important to my ego or what's important to what I think, you know, I'm going to let that be here. So that is also magician reversed. It's allowing Mercury to work with us more spiralically. Usually Mercury, Mercury rules the magician. Usually inspiration hits the channel and we go. And magician is like, everything's in place, go, let it flow out of the channel. When magician's reversed, it's not that that's not happening. It's working differently than how it typically works. And if there are any areas where we push and force something out before it's ready, Mercury reverse is going to really, or rather magician reverse is going to really call us in on that and make it very clear, like this was not ready. So can we be with that? Can we look at that? There's also some Mercury retrograde kind of vibes to um, magician reverse. And so I think also like, what do we do in Mercury retrograde? We pay attention. We open our eyes to what what is calling us to to look at something. Like we don't, um, again, we don't impose. We follow. We're humble and we're open, like right, to what wants our attention. And so that's another big part of what we're doing here. 
The deepest lesson of the month ahead is Nine of Swords. So Nine of Swords is um, often, frankly, not actually. Um, It doesn't actually often show up when true nightmarish devastation arises. Not to say that it doesn't, but it's often the worry or the fear that some big, scary, what-if scenario will happen. Um, So it's like nightmare thinking. It's worst-case scenario thinking. Oh my gosh, what if this, what if that? Um, When we get Nine of Swords, it's not to say like, oh, that never happens. What typically is true is that the invitation of the card is not to try to make those feelings go away. It's not to try to um, fix or solve anything. It really is just an invitation to come home and tend to the parts of us that are scared. To hold them and say, you're scared. I see you. I love you. It's a reparenting. That's actually what allows some of that fear and some of that worry and some of that fretting to be transformed. Um, Usually because this is a nine, it's more of an internal kind of solo journey. So that's a huge lesson for this month is dissolving, resolving, and working through some fears that we have, really facing them down, living them, you know, living through them and saying like, okay, like here I am, like this was a massive fear and here I am and it's not a big deal or it's a huge deal and I survived it or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. There is a liberation that always comes from our work in Nine of Swords and it has to do with our willingness again to be present with ourselves, to not leave ourselves, to not force ourselves into anything. Um, The other thing that I think is really important to name here is again, when things are highly liminal, when we're in the void, when we don't have clarity about much, and we don't usually in life, most of what we think we have clarity on is mostly perception anyway. Um, But our sense of security, which is so important, um, obviously this is life, can sometimes be wildly and radically threatened. And when we're living in a time where the chariot energy is very, very high, when we're preparing to shift into a different year, when so many different things on the planet are happening that are devastating, um, when so much even outside of those devastating events are happening on the planet that just seems so unknown, it invites in fear. Because why wouldn't it, right? So we don't need to banish that. We don't need to ignore it. We don't need to bolster against it or bristle up against it. We just need to soften to it and acknowledge like, yes, okay, this is here. It may seem weak or frivolous to some. It might seem uncomfortable. I'm telling you, there is no more powerful way for you to continue to keep your eyes open and stay soft and be of service in these times than to offer that gift to yourself and by extension, others. And then finally, how are we being invited to tend to ourselves most this month? 
um, is king of swords. So being clear about what we want, being clear about what's on our heart, communicating and writing from a place of, I don't mean subjective truth, but a place of like, whew, this is my experience. This is what's on my heart to share. And this is what I have to share. And usually when we're doing that from a kind of a king of swords space, it's a healing, not just for us, but for everybody who has the privilege of receiving it, staying super soft, super open, um, incredibly important. Um, and then I think I said finally to the last prompt, but this is the actual final prompt. Um, finally, how are we being invited to grow and transform most this month? And I got 10 of cups. So, and 10 of pentacles. So two tens, we're working with some pretty big cyclical shifts, some deaths and clearings of old ways and some openings into the new way. Um, I am not an expert in grief. I do think that what I do basically is rooted in that kind of a, that kind of care, like in space holding and witnessing and in acknowledging and honoring grief, really in all of the work that I do, you know, but I won't say certainly that that's something I'm expert in. Um, but I do know that the more present and the more acquainted with my grief I become, the more open and present and grateful I am to every blessing, every beautiful moment, because I am so aware that it's not something to take for granted. That really at its core, at its heart, is Ten of Cups. Ten of Cups, I actually think, rolls very deep and very close to us when times are shit, when actually like things are really tough, really hard. Those are the most important times to stay tethered to, wow, like this was beautiful, <laughs> you know, because it's the refresh and the reminder to our spirit, things are hard and they are shitty and the moon is beautiful tonight and the sunrise was lovely and my kid is safe today and like, thank God. And like, there are powerful simplicities that can come from our willingness to be in that space. And I also think 10 of pentacles makes me think of a welcoming party, makes me think of an opening, makes me think of a community, makes me think of a, there's a lot about, um, 2024 that is, um, we'll talk about this in the threshold when it comes out in a month or so, but, um, a little bit more than a month. Um, there's a lot about 10 of, uh, there's a lot about 2024 that has to do with really being much more in connection with one another than maybe we've typically been. Um, some of us have been a little bit less. Some of us have been a little bit more, um, even if we're still living with a form of distancing or if we're going through something specific where we're more bed bound or whatever it might be, feeling into a sense of greater wrapping of, of community, greater witnessing by community feels, um, like a pretty huge part of 2024. And I think that 
the growth and the transformation that come from these two cards, um, because 10 of pentacles also has to do with being at this peak point in, in some kind of cycle for, for better, for worse, for good, for bad, um, that in some way our work, our service is changing with 10 of cups, our attitude and our relationship with ourself and our, our perception of love is changing. Um, more than anything, this reading and the work that we're being invited to do this month feels like, um, there's a very strong and very clear sense of not looking away across the board, staying awake, staying present, keeping our eyes open to what is, and also learning a new way of tending to ourselves and being really clear with ourselves about what is in highest and best for us to do personally, collectively, planetarily, etc. Um, how do we tend to ourselves through grief, no matter where the grief is arising from? Um, a lot of the energies in here are about being with grief. Ten of Cups has always been an incredibly close bedfellow to grief for me. Um, always in some pretty, pretty brutal, devastating moments, you know. Um, there's also quite a bit here that's like we got to we we're, we are really being invited to let go of control in newer and more deep ways. Like there, there certainly is a lot coming up that's just whispering to us, like, can we surrender? Can we know that we're not doing it alone? So again, it's a complex song here. There's huge elements. There's very quiet elements. There's elements that seem connected. There's elements that don't. I expect that we'll discover more about it together, but I'm grateful to be on the ride with y'all. Thank you so much for being here, for listening, for your presence. I love you all. And until we connect again, please take great care. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees, podcast art by Rochelle Sartini-Garner, and this episode was transcribed by one of our absolutely brilliant and beautiful transcriptionists, all of which you can learn more about or read about on our website, tarotforthewildsoul.com. If you wish to dive into more of my work, learn more about Soul Tarot, work with me in any kind of capacity, I'm always creating new things for us to do together, but you can find it all about our self-led courses and classes and new offerings on tarotforthewildsoul.com. And if you want to be the first to know about any new offerings, any new projects that I'm doing, if you want to benefit from discounts and early birds and all kinds of lovely newsletter-only offerings, you can sign up for the newsletter at the link in our show notes. And finally, if you have a question for me to answer at the podcast, or if you'd like to work with me um, live on the podcast, or if you'd like your question answered on the podcast, please click the link to Ask Lindsay and send me your cues. Thank you so much for being here.